0: Hello and welcome to the Weekend Booktopians, a podcast where a few Booktopians get together each week to talk book news, share what they've been reading, and then face off in a deathly round of book trivia that we like to call Book Fight. I'm Olivia Frico, Senior Content Producer and Editor of the Booktopian blog, and I'm delighted to be your host this week. Joining me today is Mark Harding, our Brand and Content Manager. Hi, Mark.
1: Hello, Liv.
0: Uh, we have Joe Lewin, Head of Trade Product. Hi, Joe. Hey, Liv. And we also have Shanu Prasad, our Lifestyle Books Category Manager. Hi, Shanu. Hi. So shall we get into it? Um, it's been a big week of book news. Uh, we've had the Miles Franklin long list uh, revealed earlier this week. And for anyone listening at home who's not quite um, up to date with what that is, it's a prestigious Australian literary award celebrating literature that represents Australian life. Uh, the books on the long list are Amnesty by Aravind Adiga, The Rain Heron by Robbie Arnott At the Edge of the Solid World by Daniel Davis Wood Our Shadows by Gail Jones Infinite Splendors by Sophie Laguna The Labyrinth by Amanda Lowry The Animals in That Country by Laura Jean McKay Luckies by Andrew Pippos Stone Sky Gold Mountain by Mirandi Rewo The Fifth Season by Philip Salom Song of the Crocodile by Nadi Simpson and The Inland Sea by Madeline Watts Uh, So quite a long, long list there. Uh, What do we think, guys?
2: yeah it's um it's a long list. I've read a few of the books um I I,
3: different books to Joe I think mostly. yeah, I'd
2: say so. um look, I'm quite pleased to see Lucky's on there. I feel like Lucky's got overlooked by quite a few other long lists this year mm. um and while it wasn't my favorite book of the year, it was very good and definitely deserves to get a bit of a nod um. The Animals in That Country, I've talked about before. I absolutely loved it. Sorry, Mark. Um, (laughs) And Infinite Splendours, I found difficult. I think it was a very good book. I Mm. think it was a very worthy book, but it's a bloody tough book to read. Especially Um, if you're a parent, right? If you're a parent, yes. If you are a parent of – or, you know, if you have male children in your life – um, it's a really really hard book to read because it's all about um, you know intergenerational abuse and abuser becoming a, abusee becoming abuser and it's that's tough that is a rough ride oh my gosh mm.
0: yeah I do you remember them selling that selling that book into us and going we're just we're, we're interested in seeing the response to this but it seems like readers have embraced as the wrong word but like they've been open to it and receptive. with receptive yeah concept. which is cool um, and I guess
3: it takes a writer as good as her to be able to even make that a book that you're yeah, willing to that's even right.
2: pick up and her books have always been very um, difficult uh, in, in their subject matter um, but I think when you read a book that's about trauma and there's a good guy and a bad guy or a, a good person and a bad person it's very easy and simple and even though the trauma is difficult to read you know who you're rooting for Whereas in this book, because you follow this person, you follow people through their through a long period of time. And you know, people who as children are innocent, as adults are not innocent, and you have to kind of question the um way you look at abusers and you look at the abused and um decide who's to blame. Mm. So it's uh it's a it's a tough read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Certainly sounds like it. Um Personally, I think this long list is really interesting, mostly because, like, the usual typical big names that have released books last year, so we've got people like Trent Dalton, Richard Flanagan and Kate Grenville, mm. um, all didn't make the cut, mm. um, which I think a couple of news outlets have been slightly ruffled by, but mm. it's an in- it's an interesting move and I think it's good to see some new voices on there, like Andrew Pippos and... Um, oh, who else is... Nadia debut? Simpson. Yeah, Nadia Sorry, Simpson. Yes, yes. the one
3: that, um, for me... Um, I don't think enough people got to read this book, mm. and I'm hoping that even though she hasn't so far won any of the awards that she's been on the list for, that just being even included on these lists will make people um, see the book more and then want to read it. Because I think that was one of my most uh, one of the, the books that stuck with me the most out of the many, 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 many books that I read uh, during the lockdown kind of time. And um, I think to me that's what's that's what I really like about awards like this is the opportunity for books that you know, there's a couple of books here that I don't even remember mm. hearing about at all. And it's I think we talked about it when we talked about another prize earlier on this year. But um, oh the Stella Prize. Yeah, she was long listed for that. Yeah, it's just uh, for and, and for other people, it's just an opportunity to come across books that might have skipped past your radar. And I think that's really awesome that prizes can do that. And I, I think it's good that they've done that this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, the shortlist for the Miles Franklin will be revealed on the 16th of June and the winner on the 15th of July. So, stay tuned because we'll definitely be talking more about that on this podcast. Uh, so, next in book news, we have some Lost Flowers of Alice Hart news uh, that's very exciting. Amazon Prime Video have announced that it's begun working on a seven part series adaptation of Holly Ringland's best selling novel, The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart. Um, It's attached one very big name to the project, Sigourney Weaver, who is set to star and serve as executive producer. I'm assuming she's not playing Alice Hart. (laughs) Um, But if you don't uh, recall this book, uh, The Lost Flowers of Alice Hart follows a young girl named Alice as she's taken in by her estranged grandmother after a family tragedy. um, And she learns to find solace and strength in the flowers of the natural world as she grows up. Um, I love Holly. Lost Flowers is a great book. And I'm really excited for this. Um, What's the vibe? You guys be tuning in?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I think this is um, this is very well deserved for Holly. I know this um, this book meant everything to her. She put her heart and soul into it, and she is just a delightful woman. Um, and you know, I couldn't be happier for her to get this little bump in uh, exposure. And, and um, you know, I, I hope it's a great success. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it and will
3: be. And in a bit of a similar vein to kind of the books that were chosen for. You know, talking about prizes and the exposure they get. I think it's amazing that um, you know, kind of the streaming wars have led to a f- have led to the fact of like not just going now after like the biggest things, but now going after um, you know, uh, you know, content and books that might have been that might have been um, you know five, ten, fifteen years ago over- overlooked
2: mm. um, because
3: you know they're desperate for content, which is just great that Australian and going on to something like Amazon Prime, which is mm. universal that the mm. you know that an Australian book. Um, you know, that was published some years ago. It gets yeah. its ne- next life,
2: um, it's thanks too. to thanks to uh, a visual medium, the yeah. Julia Quinn effect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for all those Bridgerton fans out there, or the <laughs> Levar Bardugo effect. Levar oh, yeah. in the yeah, middle of look. that
3: right now, <laughs> as I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so this will be something else to look forward to because I believe she's got two new novels coming in the next few years, with one due next year. And I may have to do. double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. I wonder
3: if uh, the her, um, co- design team will start a whole new trend in book covers I know. because I, I know. think we all know that, that this was so nice. Lost Flowers of Alice Hart was where flowers on the covers really started taking mm-hmm. off. It's true, and the trend has not gone away.
0: It hasn't.
2: No, no, it's evolved no. slightly,
3: but it is still front yep. and center with a lot
0: of mm-hmm. beautiful literary fiction books. Looking at you, Love Objects by Emily Maguire. <laughs> totally. <laughs> right, let's move on to what we've been reading. Um, Guys, please tell us all about the amazing books that you've been reading and loving lately. Mark, we'll start with you.
1: Sure. Um, So I've had a bit of a a bad reading month (laughs) in that I I realised like the books that I spoke about the last time I was on this podcast are actually the last books that I finished reading. Uh, So I'm going to talk about the books that I'm going to look to to get me out of my reading fund um so my book club uh, is reading uh milk Fed by melissa brodo uh so i have that on my nightstand and i'm about to start reading it oh Uh, strap yourself
2: in mark strap (laughs) yourself in literally literally (laughs)
1: literally i'm really excited I've, i've heard some really interesting things about it and um
2: did you, uh, by any chance, listen to the episode of this illustrious podcast where I spoke about that book?
3: Don't do that until you've read the I, book. Can I just recommend? <laughs> I may, I may, I may have missed it. Um, right. That, Good.
1: That
3: yeah, I think you should just, um, just experience but, it fresh.
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. I'm very excited. I've, I've heard. I've heard so many different things about it. Um. So that that's my book club read that I'm, I'm going to read, and then um. The book that I picked kind of for pleasure um, is uh, a book by Colin Dickey called *Ghostland: Land, an American History in Haunted Places. Uh, so this is a book about haunting uh, in America, uh, but it's not uh, about the kind of ghosts themselves, but it's more about uh, the story behind the ghost story. So the cultural context in which the ghost stories emerge what ghost stories can tell us about uh, culture, particularly uh, in America, um, and how they're tied to um, to history of places. Uh, So I'm really interested to to get into that because um, I love a good ghost story, uh, but I think equally fascinating sometimes is where these stories actually come from. And um, I've started, I'm only into the first chapter of this one, but it starts off with uh, a really creepy recount of, uh, a haunted house in new york that um uh children uh, believe that uh, an old woman who died there still comes out and tells them to stop playing so loudly in the street uh from time to time and I, I i love stuff like that like to me that that kind of stuff is scarier than any horror movie like that kind of almost almost real where it's being recounted to you by somebody who reckons they know somebody who saw something yeah so <laughs> I'm, I'm excited by that and then um I've also picked up a, a kind of, I guess, a worthy read, I, I would call it. I don't know whether this is going get, to get me out of a reading slump uh, because it's huge, but I have finally picked up my copy of um, From a Land by Barack Obama. And oh, wow. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to try and get through all, uh, I think, 800 pages um, of it. And look, I, I don't know that I can say too much more about this book that hasn't already been set at length over the past, you know, six or so months uh, since it came out. But um, I think it, it, it came out in a context where the American political landscape was really different six months ago to, to what it is now. Um, so I think maybe reading it in this less panicked context uh, will be an interesting experience for me. Um, yeah, but those are, those are the two books and I'm, I'll, I'll endeavour to actually read them and read more so that I'll have more to bring to the podcast next, next month.
0: Yeah, I'm going to quiz you on the Obama book there, Mark. I'll believe that when I see it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) At least read the first and the last chapter. And one, maybe one in the middle.
1: (laughs) I
0: feel like if you're going to read a presidential memoir, that is the one to read, at least in recent years.
1: Yeah. I do, I do. I've always kind of wanted to read George W. Bush's, but I think it was only like 200 pages.
0: (laughs) Um, You could also just uh,
3: pick up his um, book of paintings. You know that he was a prolific painter. Yeah, he was.
0: -hmm. Yeah. I'm learning so much today. Oh yeah, All right.
1: Yeah, he did. It, it, there's a there's a really great painting he did of John Howard.
0: Um, <laughs> 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 I'm going to go Google that right I'm away. Praying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Mark. If that's all you've got to share with us, we will move on to our next. I was going to say lucky contestant, but
2: that's not quite right. The scriptor, Joe. What have you got for us? Um, I have been reading Echolalia by Bryony Doyle. Um, It's really interesting. It's an Australian novel uh, set in a rural town in South Australia. Um, The main character, I suppose, is Emma. She's a a young mum. She's got three children. um, And she feels kind of shoehorned into a perfect life. So she's uh, married to a very successful... Man who um, is well respected in the community and from a well respected family, but she feels out of place in in the family and in her life. Uh, and the story is told um, ominously uh, in chapters that are labelled before and after. And you know that after things are not great, something has happened. And you know that before things are also not quite right. But as the story goes on, you piece together. Um, the fractures in her family life, and and how she, you know, ultimately strives for escape. So, really interesting, um, you know, kind of family family drama. Has
0: that got a bit of a cly-fi feel to it as well? Because
2: that was the vibe I got from reading <laughs> it. The book. Does it does? So it's very um, it's very in the same way as um, Jane Harper's The Lost Man is a crime novel, but it's also set against um, drought right, Mm -hmm. as the backdrop and it's very stifling and it's all about the, you know, the water in the town is shrinking as the tension in the family is mounting and it it all kind of plays in together.
0: Mm. That one sounds really interesting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, the last, the book before that that I have read, I have been told I'm not allowed to speak about it (gasps) because it's a very, very exciting book that is coming out later on this year I'm going to tell you what the book is the <laughs> book is called Cloud Cuckoo Land and it's by Anthony Dewar um, but if anyone out there is actually listening don't tell HarperCollins that I told you because then <laughs> I'll have to come out and kill you all individually um, I can't tell you anything about it my lips are sealed but uh, watch this space and next weekend Booktopian I will definitely spill my guts about that book
0: I'm very excited I do love the, All the Light We Cannot See
2: yeah, it's amazing. Think, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. And I think that, you know, there's going to be so much interest. I was fascinated to read this book and um, I'm looking forward to telling people about it when I can. I'm excited to hear about it. Uh, that was
1: that was a masterclass in avoiding controversy, Terry. You were fascinated to read it and you're looking forward to telling people about it. <laughs>
2: How to dodge to a I question by Joe Lewin. Um <laughs> the other one that's just landed on my desk is the new Jonathan Franzen that's coming out later this year. So look, you know, I'm I'm really diving into all the big books of the year. Um I'm I'm really looking forward to reading that one. The cover is stunning. Um Olivia, you said that the title has something to do with Middlemarch.
0: Uh yes, which it seems does.
2: incongruous for him.
0: Um I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, I believe that the
0: full title which is I'm gonna have to google that for you um, is actually taken from a fictional book that was being written in Middlemarch so the novel
2: by George Eliot Um, if you'll just bear with me for a second. I love Middlemarch so any book that has anything to do with that and the cover um, Mm. looks like every photograph of my parents in the 1970s it's that classic kind of washed out, um, yeah, everyone's it's, wearing and it's, it's yellow and late, orange.
3: It's set in the late 60s. Right. So um, yeah. interesting. I'm intrigued now by a Middle March reference for a book yeah. set in the late 60s kind of around you know, some music involved in a friendship group. Right. I found the article.
0: According to The Guardian, it's called Crossroads. Like This is the full title. A crossroads, a novel, a key to all mythologies, volume one. Um, which is apparently the name um, of the unfinished novel written by the character of Edward in Middlemarch. Okay. So it sounds very Franzen-esque to me. Yeah.
3: 1971, sorry. There we Said go. in 1971. So mm. there. there we go. There
0: we go. I yeah. haven't read much and I've only read the corrections. Um, but I'm hearing very good things about this one. I think people are begrudgingly going, yeah, it is actually really
2: good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he, has a, he has a bit of a reputation. Yeah. He's patchy, right?
2: He's patchy. And yeah. It, I've been assured. I've been assured that this is the best one. Ooh. So uh, watch this space. I think you've you say Nothing <laughs> in
0: a podcast by
2: <laughs> Joe Lewin.
0: You've done it wonderfully. <laughs> All I feel right. like Mark
3: was trying to say something there. Oh, sorry, Mark. Because you're not here with us in person, it's
1: harder for us to yeah, know. Yeah, no, that's okay. I was just, just going to ask Joe whether she was a, a, a friend and fan.
2: I'm not a Franzen oh. fan, no. Uh, I got uh, half through. Franzen, I think you'll find a I think things. was Franboy, yeah, the term Fran I came with. Um, I'm not a Fran girl. I read about half of one of them and gave up. Are so, you a, this enough. is a Are test. Are you a
3: Franzen? A Franzen? I didn't think Are you, you called them a Fran- Why do they need the a second name? I
1: don't was know. Already- uh, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not really a Franboy. I, I, I like the correction. Um and then I read Purity relatively recently and that, that one was odd. I, mm. I, I didn't really enjoy it all that much. Um, but I think he also does himself no favors sometimes um, with the things that he says and does in the media uh, as well.
0: Yeah, look, insulting Oprah's book club's probably not a wise move. Uh, but he, he has his fans. Back.
3: Yeah, he walked himself back from that one, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah.
0: Oh, cool. That's nice to know. Yeah. Look, uh, I enjoyed the corrections. I... <laughs> didn't plan to read this one but there's hype building around it and i'm keen to see if the hype is genuine yeah i think i might just be. get
2: caught up in this stuff right
0: yeah and it's a shame that so many authors do especially in america i feel like the book media scene over there is very intense
3: which is why i like to just grab a book and just start reading it I have no idea what it's about and so i can try and not have any of those mm. preconceived ideas yeah
2: as you know shanu once i've picked up a book i have to finish that book so I want assurances that it's going to be good because I feel like it's an investment.
3: doesn't always work out for you though, does it?
2: It does not always work out for me. <laughs>
3: Whereas I've read some really interesting books that I never would have picked up if I'd actually read what they're about this year. So Yeah, I know. I also made sure I picked those kind of ones that were... A- Quite short. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't mind doing that with ones that are quite short. And that one that you gave me, Shanu, the one about um, blue poles, yes, was one of those where I was like, this book sounds bananas, but yes. it's really short, so I'm going to give it a go. And yep. I was so, cl- so
3: pleased that I did. Yeah, I learned a lot. It was really, really good, and I was not expecting that. I really enjoyed it a lot.
0: Yeah. Hmm. This seems like a good way to segue into asking Shanu what she's been reading and loving lately.
3: Well, I... I felt like I hadn't been reading a lot lately, but that's just because I was reading so much before. And um, as the, uh, I just had things on on the weekends, which is generally the only time I read. It's the time for you. Yeah, Yeah. and so the last couple of weekends I have not been able to read as much as I would like. But since I was last on um, the book that I read that is, is, I just love so much, and I just want everyone to read or read to their or find a child to read it to, or um, even if they're an adult, they can read it. I'm definitely an adult, and I loved it. Was by the um, uh, one and um, only amazing uh, Emily Rodder, who generations of uh, people will will love for different books. Personally, I'm of the Teen Power Inc. age. Um, I know a lot of people are of the um, – what's the next one? Del Toro Quest. But I was the OG Teen Power Inc. <laughs> <laughs> age group. Um, anyway, this book, uh, though, is her brand, brand new story um, chapter book. Um, called um, Eliza Vander but- Eliza Vander's Button Box.
0: Without even reading it, I looked at that cover and I'm like, that's a Chanel book. Yeah. The cover,
3: the cover is incredible. The cover was designed by um, Hazel Lamb, who is an amazing oh. designer who won the um, Rising Star Award last year. I she believe, did at Boys Hollows Universe, didn't she? she? did a lot of she's done a lot of amazing books. Um at the last we love year's you, Hazel. Um And um, But I read the book just from a proof copy manuscript, so I hadn't even seen a cover when I read this book. So the cover was just a nice surprise at the end. (laughs) Um, It's got embossing and debossing and it's got all the things. Um, But the book is just the most delightful story um, and it's told in such a wonderful way and she just has the best way of writing for children where you know that you are learning good lessons but they do not feel like lessons and um, we were lucky, uh, Sarah, the kids' category manager and I, were lucky enough to interview Emily Rodder about the book. And um, even if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, you definitely need to listen to just the first part where she reads the first page of the book. And I dare anyone <laughs> who <laughs> who does listen to that to not immediately go out and buy a copy, of which at the time of recording there's still a few signed copies left. That's um, awesome. It's just wonderful. It's about um, this woman... Um, Eliza Vander, who's a bit like a bit of like a Mary Poppins character, in that she turns up in this tiny town called Tiji Bay. i mean, Tiji <laughs> Bay. <laughs> um, it's a little coastal town in Australia, and she looks around and she's like, "Yes, this will do for me." And has two carpet bags, and then um, yeah, and it's a little it's a little town, and there's a little like holiday um, little holiday cabins, and um, the there's our main character Millie. Um, she's a 11 year old girl. And, um, you know, things have been a little bit tough for her. Her, um, her uh, dad has remarried. She loves that. She loves her, mother- her stepmother. That's not a problem. They just had a baby. She's very excited to have a baby sister, but they're still in the hospital. They haven't come home yet. Um, and she's a little bit nervous because she's going to be starting, you know, high school the next year. And she knows that, like, things are a bit tough for her family because her dad's a great painter, but he, he um, doesn't sell a lot. So he makes his money from these little cabins, which, you know, do great in summer, but in winter not so much. So Eliza Vander's come in winter. She's come to rent a cabin. The cabin is rented to her. Um, uh, 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 there's a neighbour, a really kind of mean neighbour, who has a really, like, mean cat. Um, that cat gets into <laughs> the Eliza Vander's room and Millie's trying to get the cat out. She comes in and she's like how in the world in these carpet bags did this woman bring all of this all of this stuff and she finds out she's a dressmaker? But she's not just any dressmaker. She's a magical dressmaker. Of course <laughs> she is. When, and when you have um, three buttons and you sew them in together and you um, say a little rhyme, you can go to other worlds. Oh, cool. And the other worlds are amazing. There's one world that um, um, Eliza gets to visit where um, the uh, people that live there actually carry, um, carry their emotions on the outside. They're called mysies. So my temper, <laughs> my humour, <laughs> you know, all those sorts of things. And they're little, like little creatures and they're all different little creatures that sort of they have little cages that they put on their heads <laughs> that they live in. And when she gets to this world, she has to help um, uh, um, Eliza with um, getting some things that she needs for uh, a dress for a princess that she's making. And um, and so she goes. She goes. She goes to buy these things from the um, the, the dressmaker. The dressmaker's um, like a spotlight, but fancier because <laughs> it's in a it's in a you know different world. Um, and they go, oh, you can't you can't go in there. He's lost you know he's lost his temper. And the guy's going, where's my temper? Where's my <laughs> temper? Because it's, it's my-sies. Um And so it's and sh- and she manages to um, apply lessons that she's learnt um, like in her world to sort of help all these people. In these other worlds, and there's all this like um, so subplots about um, you know uh, the frog prince um, and a princess that maybe doesn't want to marry the prince and a frog prince that might actually just like being a frog more than he wants to be (laughs) a prince. And so she does all these like really clever things with um, fairy tales and like witches and who is the good witch and the bad witch? Just because you look a certain way doesn't mean you're a good or a bad person. All this kind of stuff, but it's wrapped up in such a delightful story that um, I was just like. The definition of heartwarming. Oh, my God. So it's perfect um, for everyone and I think you can read it to quite small children because the um, even if they're usually into picture books because I think that the language is so descriptive that the kids will be able to use their imaginations if they've ever watched any kind of movie to imagine things for themselves. So that's my biggest pick um, of the month. Um, I also read some crime. (laughs) So I went from that to reading um, Kyle Perry's uh, new book, The Deep, which was a whirlwind of an adventure it was really really great um it was very different I thought to his last book even though both books were set in Tasmania this one felt like a really like like you could be like it could have been set in like kind of many different places in the world where you have these um you know these fishing communities where um and crime families (laughs) kind of all mixed into one um I don't want to you know to talk too much about you know, what happens in the book, but it's just a toll from different perspective. It's got a, matri- a crime matriarch, and isn't that the best thing ever? Like, you can see Jackie Weaver playing this. <laughs> playing <laughs> can this I just ask, is it
0: like a Tasmania mafia of, like, illegal salmon fishing?
3: Oh, no, 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 no. It's much more serious than oh, that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, no, It's not like a thing that Richard Flanagan would write about in Toxic. It's like... <laughs> It's um yeah, it's 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 really full on. But I just thought I just thought it was um it was it was uh excellent and I think it's gonna do super well um this year. Um and then I've also just started reading um a book that um from A Firm Press, which they're talking about as like a really new direction for Australian crime, um, which is called The Tribute by John Byron. Um tagline evil can take many forms <laughs> <laughs> and the cover is quite full on. So Basically, I've just started it, so it's... I'll just read the little bit, which is basically, a serial killer is stalking the streets of Sydney, hell-bent on recreating scenes from the Fabrica, the 16th-century foundation text of modern European anatomy. Um, His cold, methodical attacks have the city on edge, but the serial killer may not even be the darkest player in this story. And so I am intrigued. I'm only Mm. a few chapters in. I feel like it's a bit, like... It's nothing like Midsummer Murders, but you know when you watch Midsummer Murders, and as you come in ten minutes in, you're like, "Oh, how many murders have I missed?" <laughs> it's a bit like that here. So I'm only like five chapters in, and there's already been two murders. <laughs> and if you don't like um, descriptions of bodies being cut up a lot, like when I say cut up a lot, I mean like a lot of bodies cut up. I mean one body cut up to the down to the bones. Mm. It's probably not for you. But if you can get, it, but it's it's certainly certainly. Um,
0: my dad's on a Midsummer Murders kick right now. I think I need to bring this book home too.
2: <laughs> I feel like this sounds like um, the level of murder graphicness versus Milk Fed's level of sexy graphicness. Correct. They're kind of aligned.
3: Yeah, but also if you were a medical student or had ever done you know any kind of dissection work for mm. any reason, like or a butcher or something, then I don't think you would find this particularly horrifying. It's not horrifying in that like, it's like – that it's gruesome. He's doing it because he's trying to recreate these medical, these medical diagrams. So um, it's just it's just a lot. So just don't <laughs> read it over <laughs> dinner. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens and who could be what could be worse than a serial killer playing people?
0: I'm sure you'll tell me on Monday morning <laughs> <laughs> After you <get> finish it <laughs> because you were the world's fastest reader. <laughs> All right. So unless anyone else has any surprise books that they want to share, we can jump right into Book Fight, everyone's favorite. book weekly book trivia quiz. So as you all know I'll be asking some tricky bookish questions and you'll all have to battle it out to get the correct answer in first. Uh, This week we are running Book Fight a little bit differently. Um, As you may know Booktopia is currently running a fantastic campaign called The Great Book Binge uh, where we're showcasing some of the very best book series ever published across multiple categories. So we've got crime fiction, historical fiction, romance, fantasy, and there's even some literary fiction in there. Um, so what this means that is that all of the book fight questions this week will be book series themed. So I hope you're all ready. I am not ready. No. This
3: might be your time to shine, Mark.
0: Or oh, I don't know.
1: It's never my time to shine. Since I stopped writing the questions, I've been doing atrociously.
3: <laughs> well, I was never writing the questions, and I was always doing it atrociously, so what's my excuse?
0: <laughs> Can I please have all your buzzer words? Echo. Murder. <laughs> Jesus. Mark?
1: Thanks, thanks, Obama.
0: Okay, thanks, Obama. All right, let's get into Book Fight. All right, question one. Name the main character from this best-selling crime fiction series. I live in London, England, and work alongside a hard-drinking former detective named Vincent Ruiz. I am a psychologist who first appeared in the 2004 book, The Suspect, and other books in this series include Bleed for Me. Oh,
2: Echo. Yeah. Is it? I'm going to get this wrong. Joe O'Loughlin? You are correct, Joe. Joe
0: O'Loughlin from Michael Robotham's award-winning series. Excellent. Go me. Well done. I was a little worried no one was going to get that because, like, I could go with Harry Bosch or I could go with, like, yeah. Jack Reacher. but I was like, nah, I'm going to do Michael Robotham. Yeah. All righty, question two. Which fantasy trilogy made uh-uh. its – Here Mark. Which fantasy trilogy made its author the first to win the Hugo Award for Best Novel three years running?
1: Uh, thanks, Obama. Yes, Mark? Oh, wait, no. Shoot. I was going to say, is that MK Jemisin? Um, the fifth season,
0: that series. Yeah, what's the name of the series? Oh. I <laughs> You're technically I right. I was <laughs> just, I was hoping you would I get. I
1: don't know what the series is called.
0: <laughs> I will give that to you because you did get, like, the book and the author, right? It's the Broken Earth Trilogy by N.K. Jemisin.
1: That's it, yep. That's the yeah, one. Did
0: that. Got it. All right. Question three. Where are the Poldark novels by Winston Graham set? On the water. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, I have no idea. I was just... Just trying to get an answer in there.
3: Because it's the only one that's going to... I'm going to...
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, um, but I'll just make something up. Yep. Um, I know it's not Australia. You're correct. I'm assuming it's in the British Isles somewhere. You're correct. Is that enough?
0: No. (laughs)
2: Scotland, Wales, no, England. <laughs> uh, echo. Yeah. Is it
0: Cornwall? It is indeed Cornwall. Oh, Where really? did yes this a guess. Is coming from? That was
3: a guess. <laughs> this is my this is my role here. It just came. It came to me so that someone else can get the answer correctly. <laughs>
0: Thank you for your service, Shani. Correct question. Well, Cornwall
3: is on the water, so is it? Yeah, it's a seaside yeah. town. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember saying. I've never read Poldark, but I think I. There's a TV show they made out of it. I think Yeah, so, yeah. my
0: mum watched it a lot. I she think kept texting me pictures every time. I like there was an
3: attractive man that Adrian Turner. Often had a wet shirt, right? right?
0: <laughs> every time he was shirtless, she would send me a picture and be like, he's on screen again. Like yeah, the only reason mom. I
3: know is because in Graham Norton show, I think he was on, and someone had knitted an entire cast of Poldark out of like, you know, like oh little God. knitted
0: um, characters. It's very strange. Cute. That's dedication. Man. Mm-hmm. Mm. All righty. Question, what are we up to? Question four. In order of publication, name all of the books in the award-winning quartet
2: by Scottish author Ali Smith. Uh, Echo? Yep. Winter, Autumn... No, that wouldn't work. (laughs) Autumn, winter, spring, summer. You're correct. (laughs) (laughs) What order do the seasons go in? (laughs) But it might,
0: it throws you off because you're like, wait, which one's the first one? Yeah. I could remember which the last one was. was. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question five. The After series by Anna Todd Mm. was originally published as fan fiction about which former One Direction number?
3: the, The one that everyone likes. <laughs> There's Echo? only one. It's Harry Styles. Yes. you are correct. <laughs> that's Sorry. one for sure. But also, you didn't even need to say his name. There's only one that it is. There is only one. About.
1: I didn't know that. That's
0: amazing. I really? also
3: don't understand how that's correct, having watched like a little bit of the after first after movie, but maybe. Well,
0: they had to change the name in the like. When it got published as a novel and then they had to change it from Harry Styles sure, to, like, it's like, pardon something or other.
3: He's a bad guy, but yeah. Harry Styles is a good guy. Everyone knows that. That's yeah. why I <laughs> like him. Jeez. He sings duets with Lizzo. So confusing. Anyway.
1: anyway. Sounds, like, sounds like they had to uh, change the direction.
0: Oh, anyway. like, like uh, anyway. ouch. I don't I don't understand you're not happy. <laughs> One direction. Had had to change, change the direction. direction. Yeah. Either way, you're not getting a mark for the pun. Mark. A mark? Yeah, <laughs> a there a, there a point. No, Mark's for Mark.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. question six. I should nice just throw go. this out to Mark straight away. What is the name of the rare and valuable substance in the Dune Chronicles?
1: Oh, uh, 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 what was my thing again? Thanks, Obama. <laughs> yes,
2: Mark. Oh, I'm so excited. Um,
1: it, okay, so it, it, uh, Here we twice, go. Uh, mm-hmm. it's twice, uh, but the real
2: name is Melange. You are correct.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, so... We have two questions left. Uh, Scoreboard stands as Shanu is on one point, Mark is on two, and Joe is on three. So it could go anyway here. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see.
2: <laughs> have you met me before, Olivia?
0: <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Question seven. What is the name of the primary villain from Lee Bardugo's Grishaverse series? Oh, oh I might no. know this
3: one. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Unless. Oh wait, the villain. Oh, is he? I don't know if he's... I've only watched two episodes and I haven't read the books. (laughs) I've just been buying them. I don't know what they are. Is it Darkling or is he a good guy? Yes. He's a bad guy? Spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, damn it.
2: It's been out since 2012.
3: (laughs) I know, but I've managed to avoid the entire thing until... Oh, no. Liv has ruined it for me. No, it's fine. (laughs) It's
0: fine. This is almost as bad as Tame ruins the... The Testaments by (laughs) Margaret Atwood. To be fair, two years (laughs) after it came out, if you haven't read it yet, that's your fault. All right, the last question. Question eight. The Human Comedy is a classic series by which French author?
3: Um, Could you tell us in Book Binge what category it would be classified under, please? Classics. (laughs)
2: We have a category called that. We yeah, we call do. Classics. Well, that's not helpful. <laughs> What's it called again? The Human Comedy. The Human
0: Comedy. Do
2: you Co- want to give us the names of, of, some of any the of the books? Yes. <laughs> uh, Old Gorio.
0: Um, oh, God, what are some other ones? can't remember off the top of my head. Um, the, something to do with the harlot. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, yeah.
3: that really narrows it down for a classic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just You can throw some French names at me.
3: Oh, I don't think I would Victor like to Hugo. Do that. Hugo.
2: No. Uh, Happy the Pure. <laughs> uh, no. All right. You have to give us well a lot more clues than that.
0: I'm sorry. There were look. There's not many series like, in classics, and it was looks like. <laughs> it sounds like bull sack. <laughs>
2: points to Olivia. She is the winner of today's book binge. <laughs> not even <a> competing. <laughs> Do
3: you know, I could, that, I, I could have written a question for myself that would have not. Yeah, it would have said the granddaughter is Australian and owns
2: a candle company. Wait, well, ah, yes, that would have been a good clue, mm-hmm. oh. and I would have
3: gotten that. But so uh, only Honor jo de Balzac. Would, yes, only Joe would have been what? able to um,
0: see more right now. I'm
3: going to leave it at that.
0: <gasps> I'm gonna do some intense Googling after we're done here. Yeah. Alright, so wait, no one got that. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is this week's winner of Book Fight on three points. Yay, uh, Mark and Shanou, you tired on two.
3: Oh look at us, Mark, we're not as terrible as we thought. <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> well done everybody. Um, that is all we have time for this week. So thank you so much to Mark, Joe, and Shanu for joining me today on the Weekend Booktopian. Uh, And thank you to all of our wonderful listeners who tune in week after week. We love you guys. Uh, The Weekend Booktopian is produced by Niklas Siliev, and you can find more episodes of this show, as well as other fun podcasts, on our SoundCloud and Apple Podcast channels. Uh, You can also find more fun bookish content on our blog, The Booktopian, including a review of Malibu Rising, the new Taylor Jenkins Reid novel, and Q&As with authors such as Amber Creswell-Bell and Joan He. And don't forget to check out The Great Book Binge if you haven't already. Uh, You could snag an extra 10% off when you order three or more books from the same series featured in our collection. Uh, Thanks for listening and never stop reading. Thank you
1: for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget...